Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Hey, Ryan. How are you today? I'm doing great, Pam. How about yourself? I'm good. We have another hot topic that we are going to cover. I know every time I meet with, um, especially breast cancer patients, um, it comes up, and that's lymphedema. Yeah, absolutely. I know this has been one that uh, has been on our list for quite some time, and we're anxious to visit with our guest. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a big word, but I think maybe our guest has um, a perfect definition. And so we're really excited to um, introduce Shelly Black, a lymphedema specialist. Hi, Shelly. How are you? Hello, Pam and Ryan. I'm great. How are y'all? Good, good. We're super glad to have you uh, on our podcast. Um, I know our listeners, um, no pressure, but I know our listeners will learn a lot today. Yes. So Shelly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? I have been lymphedema certified for 15 years. I've worked in occupational therapy for 25, going on 26 years now. So lymphedema has been my passion and uh, that's mainly all I do now is lymphedema therapy. Sounds like we have an expert on our hands. Absolutely. You know, um, I joke often, lots of letters after your name, which I don't have any, means you're really smart. So uh, Maybe. <laughs> we, we're glad you have a lot of letters after your name. And, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting. So, Pam, you, you talked about how long the word lymphedema is, and it, I'm sure um, just hearing that word, some of our listeners may be cringing like, oh, I know exactly I have this. But for those who don't or those who are really unsure about what lymphedema is, could you kind of give us the, the definition of lymphedema? Yes, I can. A uh, clinical definition of lymphedema is an abnormal accumulation of protein-rich fluid in the interstitial spaces, which is the, the tissue just beneath the skin. Um, everyone has a lymphatic system. It's a, a clear protein-rich fluid that runs through our bodies. Uh, lymph nodes, they are infection fighters. They kind of filter out bacteria, infections, cell debris, things that our bodies do not need. So the lymphatic system is very, very important. Um, but that, that's basically the definition. It's just an abnormal accumulation of lymphatic fluid in a specific part of the body. So it can occur in the head and neck area, arms, chest, abdomen, the genital region, legs, just anywhere. It's an important system that a lot of people don't talk about. Correct, correct. Yeah. And a lot of, of doctors, um, they're, they have some knowledge of it, but there's not really physicians around that are, say, a lymphedema specialized mm. physician. So a lot of times they, they just say, hey, go, go see the lymphedema therapist. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Go see them. You're the expert. <laughs> you, the go-to person. You know, that's interesting. I was not aware. And again, I do not proclaim to be an expert on everything. Um, but I was not aware that of all those locations that you could have lymphedema. And I guess it makes perfect sense, right? If right. you think about um, it being available throughout the entire body, but your head and neck and 
um, your ribs and area like that, your abdomen, that seems like um, much more than what I would have thought. Mostly you think of like the arms, right? Or you think of the, the lower legs and the ankles and so forth. That's where a lot of you see that. I mean, you, you see people that have an arm where you think, hey, that that's not your arm. They, they got the wrong arm on you today, but that that's what happens. You see that in people. Um, a, a swollen leg easily covered up by pants. So mm-hmm. you, you may not always see it. And, you know, for, for me, out in the community, I, I've actually stopped people in Walmart and said, hey, I can help you. <laughs> I can help you with this. You know, hey, mm-hmm. let, let's talk about it because it, it's something that uh, it, it's heavy. It's uncomfortable. Um, it can cause a lot of self-esteem issues. Sure. So um, it, it's important to get it taken care of. It's very manageable. Uh, without it being managed, it can cause serious problems like infections. So so what are some of the signs of uh, lymphedema? Uh, visibly, you, you notice swelling. But a lot of people, even though they can't see visible swelling, they have reports of, I feel full, I feel heavy. This arm just, it, it's a little achy. Um, we really don't get a lot of reports of pain. Lymphedema typically does not cause pain, but it does cause the, the discomfort, the heavy, the full feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I guess um, most of the time, um, those that I know that we see here at the survivorship center, it's usually caused because they've had like a lymph node dissection or axillary nodes removed and things right. like that. Can you can you talk to us about that? If there's like any other way that lymphedema is caused or is that kind of like the primary way? Absolutely. So a lot of the, the patients that you are seeing over here at the survivorship clinic, they are breast cancer patients. So they have either had a sentinel node procedure where you've had maybe one to three lymph nodes removed from the affected axillary area. Uh, some people, they have to have all of their lymph nodes taken out. We typically have between 20 and 40 lymph nodes in each armpit. So uh, you think of all of that as your, your filtering system. Uh, it's also pathways for this fluid to travel in and out of that affected arm and that upper quadrant. So if you have an interruption, if you will, where you you have lymph nodes removed, or even if they're radiated, uh, radiation, uh, injury, anything Mm -hmm. like that can damage that pathway, damage those lymph nodes, and cause uh, a decreased transport capacity. Uh, The fluid doesn't flow as well. You have a backup. Wow. So if you if they they only had one lymph node, are they at less risk as opposed to somebody that's had forty lymph nodes removed? You know, we do take that into consideration. And uh, you know, twelve years ago, I would have told people, you know, hey, your your risk is nil. It's it's not there. I wouldn't worry about it. But I have had a few people that have had two or three lymph nodes removed on the dominant side. And they had those feelings of heaviness, fullness. They had visible swelling. Uh, it depends on their, their occupation, their age, uh, weight. Weight is a huge factor in this as well. People who are overweight tend to have more of a problem with lymphedema. Um, 
I have had those people with just the few nodes removed that did have an issue. Those sentinel nodes that they removed, sometimes you can look at that as the, the main pathway, the main point of travel for the lymphatic fluid. And you knock that out, that arm, that chest, back becomes congested. So how common is lymphedema in breast cancer patients? So there's varying information on that. There's different uh, thoughts in the medical community with that. But with uh, lumpectomies and sentinel node procedures, we say anywhere from 5 to 10%. Uh-huh. In axillary node dissections where you're removing uh, 10 or more lymph nodes, it's more like a 70 to 80% chance that you will develop lymphedema at some point in your life. Wow, wow. 70 to 80%. And you said some point in life. So is it, okay, I'm a year out, does that... I don't have it. And then... You're not out of the woods. You're not out of the woods. You're not out of the woods. The risk is always there. But there are some people, they never develop lymphedema. Their system has learned to, to compensate and manage that fluid without any problem. So you said 70% of patients. Um, what happens, how, how does that work? They come see you, and what do you do for them? It depends on the severity of their lymphedema. There's three, or actually four stages. There's a zero, a one, a two, and a three. Uh, stage three lymphedema, we see that more in the legs. That is what you consider your elephantiasis, where you have the, the skin changes, you have the papillomas, um, the lobular masses that people see. Mm-hmm. They, they completely lose their mind thinking, oh my goodness, that that's horrible. I don't want that. So different stages of lymphedema, um, stage one, you can elevate it, it goes away. Stage two, doesn't want to go away. And so that's when I tell people, hey, let's, let's go ahead and come in. We do what's called complete decongestive therapy. At our clinic, we're very traditional. Uh, we do traditional compression bandaging, manual lymphatic drainage massage. We educate on meticulous skin and nail care, uh, healthy eating, healthy lifestyles, and exercise. We reduce the limb, then we get them fitted into a compression garment, medical grade compression garment that uh, the patient always helps us choose what's the best fit for them. Yeah. And they can get some really cool garments with some cool oh, yeah. print. There, there's you know, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah, you can you can go wild with this. It's, so it's, it's their chance to be uh, sleeved out on their tattoos. Right? <laughs> exactly. I've seen several of those. Exactly. I've seen some. You know, you talk about how um, breast cancer, and we talk about the axillary lymph node dissection and the sentinel lymph node. Right. Um, but I know some of our listeners might have a question of, is it only for breast cancer? No. It is not. So we, we see lymphedema. There, there's a difference with uh, primary and secondary lymphedema. So primary lymphedema, generally you, you are born with that condition. Sometimes it does not show up until uh, around puberty age or during pregnancy with women. Um, so that, that is a, an insufficient system that wasn't fully developed at birth or there could have been an injury during the, the birthing procedure itself. Uh, secondary lymphedema in result of 
So it is in result of an injury, in result of trauma, in result of surgery, removal, radiation. Okay. So well, is it common? Um, I know colon cancer, I think of. Okay, colon mm-hmm. cancer. For, for the guys out there, you know, men can get breast cancer as well. Uh, for the guys, we see a lot of, of lower extremity with prostate cancers. Uh, anytime you have radiation down in the, those lymph nodes that are in the groin area, we have our larger beds of lymph nodes in the armpits, around the head and neck, in the groin, and the abdomen. Oh, yeah. Well, and that makes perfect sense, too, because some of our most common cancers in our region mm-hmm. are lung, breast, and prostate. Correct. You know, and then, of course, colorectal. Right. Uh, so... Each one of those, I mean, you just hit every one of those on the head right there as far as uh, for lymphedema. And I can't help but think, too, Shelly, when you think about how what what she said a second ago, Pam, was um, you're never out of the woods. You never know when this might flare up. And I, I just feel so for deeply, you know, for our cancer survivors, because, it, you know, sometimes this can hit them right out, out of nowhere. Right. All of a sudden several years post-treatment they've been doing great and all of a sudden the ugly side effect of cancer that just never ever can quite goes away rears its head right and that that's what i hear from a lot of patients is that you know hey i'm i'm through i am i thought i was done and this this is just a a continual reminder yeah Uh and you you kind of look at it like that and you're like man but it's a manageable very manageable manageable thing and that's what you have to focus on that part. The the hard part's over. Now we just have to manage this. So is there any national guidelines um, for cancer patients to follow? Like, for instance, no um, blood pressures, no finger sticks on the affected side. Um, are those guidelines still out there or have they changed? They've changed uh, somewhat. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I usually tell people with if they already have lymphedema, we want to avoid needle sticks and blood pressure cuffs on that affected side. The reason for no needle sticks, it's an open pathway for infection. And then the blood pressure, of course, is a tourniquet effect to an already compromised system. Uh, Larger lymph node, larger number of lymph nodes removed, 10 plus, I usually tell people, yeah, let's adhere to that from here on out because you are at a higher risk, but uh, one or two or three, we haven't had any problems. If that's your best vein, go for it. Yeah. If it's life or death, you're gonna use that exactly. vein. Exactly, exactly. And I usually tell people, you know, end of the day, it's your choice, it's your body. If you would rather them not access that side, that's your choice. It doesn't matter if you have a, a healthcare person come in and say, hey, if you haven't had this in five years, you're never gonna get it. That is just one of the many misconceptions that are out there. What about um, traveling by air or long road trips? Is there any precautions that they need to take? Yes. So I always tell people, if you have swelling present, we do want you to wear a compression garment on that affected limb. Take breaks. If you're driving, uh, if you can get out, walk around a little bit, that's always good. Flying, I usually tell people if it's a flight over two hours that, and they have swelling present or they've had a history of swelling, I do want you to wear a sleeve. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also mentioned um, another thing that you recommend is exercise. Is there a particular exercise that's better for them? Can they go lift weights? Can they run? Can they do yoga? What's the best um, if they're suffering with lymphedema? Your lymphatic system, it, it does not have an active pump like your circulatory system does. So the heart is the active pump that keeps your blood flowing, moving well. Uh, lymphatic fluid, it does not have that active pump, so it moves at about the speed of pond water. Uh, so it requires... It's pretty uh, fast. Oh, oh, yeah. It relies on your deep breathing from your belly, like diaphragmatic breathing, Um also your exercise to help keep that system flowing better. Uh, you know, one of the things, Shelly, you talked about, um, which I think ties right into what you just said about not having a pump, help our listeners understand, and myself, about uh, the lymphatic draining massage or the drainage massage that you, that you mentioned earlier. Because okay. that, that sounds to me like another uh, way of uh, like a manual pump. It, it is a manual technique, and what we do, like lymphatic veins and vessels, uh, a lot of us, we can look at the back of our hands and we can see blood veins uh, on the back of our hands or, you know, our legs, wherever. You can't see lymphatic veins, vessels. You can't see those, but they run right alongside your blood veins and vessels. Um, they have valves in them. So when we provide just a little bit of a traction, during manual lymphatic drainage massage, it allows those valves to open and close to help that fluid move out. So manual lymphatic drainage massage, it's very, very superficial. You know, a lot of people come in and they think, oh man, I'm fixing to have a spa. Have a massage. It's gonna feel so good. So it's very different from deep tissue massage. Very different. Yeah. Okay, so if our listeners are out there, they're feeling full, or maybe their ring is getting tight on that mm-hmm. one arm, what, where do they need to go to get help from you? So we, we do require a referral from their physician. It can be your oncologist. It can be your radiation oncologist. It can be your primary care physician. It can be your podiatrist. It can be anyone. Your dentist, if you're having head and neck swelling. We just need a, a written referral to to a clinic, our lymphedema yeah. clinic. And how often do um, they have to come in for treatment, or what does the time frame look like? Typically, we see patients two to three times a week. If they're in active treatment with the compression bandaging, um, head and neck patients, of course, we can't apply compression bandages to, to their neck. Uh, we do have them come in at least twice a week for manual techniques, and then we construct a compression device that they wear at night. But it's manageable. It is manageable. That's the key word. That's the (laughs) take-home word. Take-home word. You know, one of the other things I caught too, Pam, um, Shelly talked about exercise. Mm -hmm. And so let me just ask a few of these questions and see if any of these things would help with lymphedema. What about like yoga? Yoga is great because you get your deep breathing there. You get lots of gentle stretching, um, and that, that's that's what we need. We need gentle stretch. We need deep breathing. Swimming is great. Oh, oh yeah. You know, when you're in the water, <laughs> mm-hmm. the water is your container for that swollen limb. So swimming is, is wonderful, even if you're just walking laps in the pool yeah. and you're a lower extremity lymphedema patient. What about Tai Chi? Beautiful. 
it's wonderful. It incorporates the deep breathing, the gentle stretch. Um, we do have patients out there that they were very active in the gym prior to their diagnosis and they, they enjoy lifting weights. That's something that their bodies are very accustomed to and they may have to start back in that program low and slow is what we tell them you know just get back in there keep doing what you want to do we don't want to disrupt your your life we don't want to change everything drastically but you might have to start a little slower less weight we want right. you to keep doing what you're used to what about walking just a walking is great yes if you're a lower extremity patient, sometimes that might make you swell a little more. So when you finish walking, go elevate for a while. Yeah. Right. Ryan, you know what I hear? <laughs> I think you're hearing the same thing I'm hearing, Pam. I think so. It sounds <laughs> like we have lots of exercise programs here at the Survivorship Center for free. Yes. And um, that could help some of these patients out Absolutely. there listening. Um, we encourage you to come and take part in those. and. Bring a friend if you have to. Absolutely. I do have one other question just because some of our listeners may uh, be wondering this. And I think I know the answer. You can't just prevent lymphedema other than having, you know, lymph node, not having any lymph node involvement or anything like that. I mean, it's not something that you can say, oh, well, prior to having surgery or prior to this or you, you should do these things. Correct. Correct. Everything that we give out, like, um... I'm part of a multidisciplinary team at Harrington Cancer Center, and we we do pre-surgical measurements. Uh-huh. And so we, we kind of track patients a little bit better that way, um, follow them after, during radiation, uh, and just check their measurements throughout their, their treatment. And then even years after, if they say, hey, I just want to come by and let you measure, measure my arm yeah. and let's see what it looks like now. And what about the garments? Are they expensive? Is insurance cover them? Um, There's them? not many uh, vendors that will bill insurance directly anymore because their reimbursement was not great. Mm-hmm. So most patients are paying for those out of pocket. Compression garments, they do need to be replaced every six months to oh, wow. ensure that optimal compression. So it, it's kind of an expensive condition, but mm-hmm. manageable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can take your receipts and self-submit to your private insurance and get some reimbursement for that. Yeah. What happens also if, okay, we were talking about finger sticks, blood pressures. Right. What if you just happen to forget? Is it going to be life or death? You know, they're so scared that they're going to make a mistake. We see that a lot, and and people panic. They they worry. You know, what if I'm in an accident and I can't speak for myself, and I want to wear a a medical alert bracelet? Um, I have not had knock on wood any patients so far that have had one episode of a needle stick to the arm. I did have one patient that she felt very strongly that. Um, a super tight blood pressure cuff exacerbated her condition, um, but she already had swelling present, and that was, again, one of those misconceptions of uh, someone at a medical clinic telling her, no, no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. That, that's a, a myth. So, okay. yeah. yeah. 
You are yeah. your best advocate. Uh, we <laughs> say, we say that all right. the time. Yes. We say that all the time to our survivors. Um, they, You guys are. I mean, cancer survivors are their best advocate. Absolutely. And you've got to speak up for yourself. That's so. right. Right. Yeah. I tell you, it's this has been very educational uh, for me. Um, I hope our listeners uh, find that as well. I hope mm-hmm. that, um, you know, if you're struggling with this, it, you know, as we've said countless times, it, it you don't have to just struggle through it. It's not something that is just, well, you know, my doctor treated my cancer and I'm alive and I'm cancer free. This just kind of comes with the territory. Um, you know, and I know you've heard that as well. Probably right. we, we tell them all the time, you, you don't have to, you know, suffer through things. There right. are, there are ways to help. Right. Right. And this right. is just another one of those types of, of ugly things that happens, um, as a result of treatment. Um, but there, there are resources out there, Pam. And it's manageable. Manageable. It's manageable. And it's one of those things that you, you, you choose your attitude toward it. You know, you can look at it, oh, this is a constant reminder, but it can also be, hey, I survived it. That's I right. I survived yeah. cancer, and uh, this this is nothing. That's right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So one of our last segments is um, Pete's Powerful Moment, and we are sponsored by Pete's Car Smart Kia. And we like to hear from our guests if they've had um, a powerful moment in their career dealing with maybe lymphedema. You know, uh, I have a powerful moment with every patient I encounter. Uh, they, they bring so much to, to my life. They, they share so much. They, they're putting 100% of their trust confidence, faith, uh, you, it, it's a blessing to be able to work with all of these people. They, they touch my life. They touch my heart in they're, so many ways. They're very special um, people yes. out there. I would second Absolutely. that. I would second that wholeheartedly. Yes. Um, there is, there is something, as you said, powerful and, in, in, in placing that trust with, with you, um, as with us at the center that it's, it's almost in, really hard to put it into words it it is it's difficult you you develop this rapport with with every patient you see but some of them they just they get in and they they touch you in so many ways they they bless your life they enrich you um most of the time their their attitudes are just so positive and you you glean from that um, just so much, so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt, no doubt. Right. Well, thank you, Shelly, for joining thank us you. today. Yes. You know, um, it, it never ceases to amaze me, Pam, with our guests. I, I feel like we say the same thing over and over. You know, like I learned so much and, and, and I hope that our listeners feel the same way, too. Yes. And, you know, the other thing that I always feel like we say a lot is you do such great work for your patients. And, you know, I know your patients appreciate that. And but that's because we have some amazing guests on this show. We do. We have some very um experts in the field here in Amarillo um, and we are happy to share this information with our listeners and if they want to know more about Shelly or how to get in contact with Shelly they can just call the center at 806-331-2400 yeah or email us at uh, info at 
24, the number 24, survivorship.org. Uh, we can put you in touch with Shelly. Uh, we could, you know, get, get some information to you. Um, you know, the important thing is, as we've said all along, is um, share this podcast. Share this podcast with, you know, yes. some of your friends, your cancer survivors, people you know that are going through treatment right. um, or about to start treatment, about to have surgery. This is something that they need to know about um, in advance to be educated about and be uh, watching for. Again, it's not a guarantee that you're gonna have lymphedema, but um, it's better to be uh, knowledgeable about that and to know the signs and symptoms and things you're looking for so that if, unfortunately, you do have that, it's not uh, something to really stress and freak out about. There are, there's resources and help. So uh, that's a long, long (laughs) explanation to say, share this podcast with your friends. That's right. It's important to know that. So in addition to that, we appreciate you guys listening and liking our podcast and and, uh, subscribing to our podcast. Uh, It means a lot to us. Um, It drives us. I know it does me, and and, and I know Pam would second that. It drives us to uh, uh, bring more guests to the table or to the mic and to uh, get this information out to you guys. Pam, I've really enjoyed today. It's been very interesting. Thanks again, Shelly, for coming. Thank you. It's my pleasure. We look forward to our next podcast. That's right. We will see you next week on Beyond the Ribbon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.